Welcome back to another episode of Lou Boys SC. We've got a great show for you today. We interview former St. Louis FC player Kyle Gregg. And while he wasn't able to give us any hints on where he will be playing next, um, we got some other great nuggets out of him. Uh, we chat about what it was like playing during a pandemic with his uh, pregnant wife and kid at home. Uh, he predicts how many goals he finishes with in his career. We hear about uh, the awesome fans in Vancouver and his incredible story of almost giving up on soccer and giving it one last final chance. And ultimately, he made it all the way to MLS. Uh, such an incredible story. Um, and we hope you enjoy this conversation with Kyle Gregg as much as we did. Okay, so there there is a little bit of mystery to where you're headed next. Can you give us any insight into your next club? Um, <laughs> no is an acceptable answer. That's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll just say honestly, I'm just going to say no mm. at this point, just because okay. there's a lot of a lot of moving pieces. So just to like play off that a little bit is it is it a little complicated this time around with you know having an extra child in the house and everything to yeah, take into I mean, consideration that's that's a good point i think um it's just been again it's just been a weird off season because of of the of, you know st louis fc folding um obviously you know this time around being a free agent i have an additional child um i'm on the older end of, of the USL players, I guess you could say, although um, I feel like I'm in the best, you know, physical, mental, um, you know, soccer shape that I, I can be in um, just, you know, learning each year and, and all that stuff. But again, you know, those factors play into, um, you know, how, how teams can, uh, can be searching. And so, you know, obviously teams have to spend more money one, cause I'm a veteran who's proven, proven himself and you could say my market value is pretty high and uh and two because i have a family and uh, uh the unfortunate part about playing at this level at the usl level is that means that they have to spend more money on me uh, whether that be you know having an apartment to myself for my family or providing um you know a housing stipend that's gonna be able to take care of my family and and unfortunately some clubs can't do that and and, you know, and, and so some teams can't look past those things. Um, they just, you know, want to have a good enough player um, who is a little bit cheaper on, on the, that end. So that's been the complicated part about this offseason so far. And so, uh, um, again, hopefully shortly we can, we can uh, you know, have common knowledge here. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're – we're very excited to see where you end up or any type of team that you're on is that's my favorite team now. Uh, That is kind of uh, difficult though, knowing that you're the best guy for the job, but just not having things end up line up on the business side of things. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. It's, you know, Sam, Sam Fink and I always talk about, because obviously we're both family guys and, you know, we love our families to death and wouldn't want it any other way, but it's just unfortunate that, you know, the the status quo seems to be you can choose to be a professional footballer at the USL level or you can choose to have a family and 
and both doesn't seem to always um, line up or, or be in line your favor. You know, um, I think if you talk to a lot of coaches, I actually was talking with a coach the other day and um, you know, certain coaches can respect that, that sentiment to, you know, really wanting your family to experience you know, your profession and not waiting till after and, and things like that. But again, like I said, sometimes the stars just don't align with certain clubs and that's all right. And, you know, um, you know, you're meant to be at, at a certain team for, for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it can't be easy with the pandemic and everything, you know, there's a whole different type of stress on these teams along with even just hoping that we can get a season. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you see how, you know, um, that's, that's affected St. Louis FC for sure. Um, you know, wasn't the sole purpose of, of having the club fold, but, um, it was definitely, you know, one of the legs on the stool that, uh, kind of gave out was, you know, taking that hit, um, that hit financially. And so, um, yeah, the pandemic's kind of affected the clubs and, and players alike. Um, so it, as far as like how you perform on the field, when clubs are, we've talked about you looking at clubs, when clubs are looking at you, what do you feel is the greatest strength you bring to a club? I think I just bring something different. I think, um, and I don't know if you guys have gone far, far enough back in my career um, to see kind of the different roles I've played within teams. But I think that's kind of what I would be able to say is I'm a guy who can play different roles and play in different systems I've played and had a lot of success. Um, for instance, in Oklahoma City, um, playing with two forwards up top and having uh, a partnership. I think we saw that uh, with Anthony the first two years in St. Louis as well. As I was mostly playing um, in a partnership, um, whether that was a partnership with another striker or having two strikers that kind of have partnerships with, you know, the wingers and things like that. And then uh, when I was with Vancouver, whether it was with the first team or the second team, I there were times and games and strategies where I was – a target striker, but there was also a lot of good attacking people underneath me to where I was constantly threatening um, that, that offside line. And, and so I'm, I'm a guy who scored a lot of goals in Vancouver um, getting in behind and, you know, getting on the end of crosses of, of early, early service or through balls or things like that. And so um, unfortunately I think uh, as of late, I think I've been kind of grouped into, you know, solely a target striker and, and teams seem to be going um, – a lot of teams seem to be going in the more, I guess you could say, athletic and, you know, really fast. Um, not that I'm taking it away any way of my 31-year-old speed. But, um, but yeah, like for a guy who just is solely just running in behind all the time. And, and in St. Louis, we never really had – we never really played away um, with an attacking mid that was constantly getting the ball, turning and driving at the – at the back line um, for me to be able to yeah. kind of threaten that offside line. We were always kind of, you know, working around the side or played a certain way to where our wingers were coming in the inside and getting lots of shots and stuff like that. And, and again, we had success in kind of both of the systems we played in St. Louis, but um, I kind of played different roles um, between the coaches, I guess you could say. And so I think that's what I would long answer, very long answer, but uh <laughs> I would like to say I'm a, I'm a very uh, coachable and an adaptable guy who can play in a lot of different systems. So when 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 we talked about your play a lot this past season in 2020, I I, I don't know I kind of referred to you as almost like uh, a David Backus kind of player where you were in there doing the dirty work. Yeah. You weren't always 
you weren't always doing all the fancy stuff on the ball, but you were doing the ugly stuff that needs to be done off the ball to make our other strikers more more, uh, effective. Um, For sure. I think, yeah, I agree. I think, and and that's the type of player I am. I'm a player who obviously I want, I want the stats and I want, you know, I want the goals, but at the same time, I'm, I'll, I'll do a job and, and the way we played was, it was really, really pivotal for us to be able to retain the ball in the attacking third. And that was my job. That was my job is, is to, to win the ball or hold up the ball or link up so that um, I could bring the guys around me into the game and, and kind of occupy, um, you know, sometimes three guys at once with, you know, the two center backs on either back shoulder and then maybe a holding mid and front screening. And, and that takes away and gives more opportunities for, for, uh, you know, the wingers to come inside or, or whoever. And so, um, yeah, I, and again, that's a job that I was completely willing to do. Um, I think I would like to say that coaches do their due diligence and are educated enough to, to see those things and, and recognize those things and how, I think you can see in a lot of goals we scored this year, if you were to go back, I was involved, whether it was, you know, the assist or, or the second assist or just being that link up or, you know, like you said, doing the dirty work and winning the ball. And so just distracting um, the defenders for sure. Well enough. You're literally like if when we watch and I personally watch you, just the space you created for Tyler and Cicerone speaks for itself. You know, when you with all those players that you draw attention with because you're a big body, you're a physical player, you're they know you're going to do the work. There's no they don't get to relax around you where like some of the other style players, there's a relaxing. They're not going to work as hard full game every minute where you do. Yeah, I appreciate that. That's uh, that that means a lot to to have you all recognize that. And um, yeah, I mean. I love it. I love we're it. big I, love it. I know. I wish we here. were. I wish we were still there and able to play in front of you guys. I would have loved to, you know, finish playing there. But I would love to, you know, end of my career and and kept the family there. But I'm, unfortunately, I'm not ready to hang up the boots um, at the moment. And so, uh, well, yeah, we're we're happier with that being the case you that you're playing That's somewhere good. if it's not here. I guess um, I can always come back after. It's true. Uh, so we know that you've yeah, played uh, with a lot of different types. Or you, you were talking about how adaptable you are. Is there a certain type of forward that you play best alongside? I mean, you know, the first one that comes to mind last year is, is or the last, I guess, year and a half was, was Tyler. You know, we had an awesome partnership, a uh, really good relationship off the field as well. And we were always, um, you know, competitive and hungry for us to score, but also really wanted um, the best for one another and, and being able to, you know, to celebrate after one of us would score. And it was really, really cool when he first came because the amount of times that he assisted me or I assisted him or we were super involved in one another's um, success, it was just, it was really, really special. And we were, you know, we, we shared uh, lockers. We were next to each other and, you know, spent a lot of time having deep conversations. And, you know, I texted him yesterday because I, He's he's on the move as well, and so really happy for him. And and uh, yeah, we just I mean we always keep in touch because we want the best for one another, and it would be awesome to link up. Yeah, and what, future. What we hear is that that also transfers to the rest of the team too. You know that doesn't go unnoticed by the other players. It, that was definitely a, a a unique connection. Yeah, a running theme. 
it's really a running theme in all the interviews that we've been talking with you guys is the special connection you all had this past year. Cause we, we could yeah. witness it I mean, as people if you just think about it. Game. If you think about Steve, Steve did not, didn't bring in one player. Um, you know, this was, you know, these were Anthony's, Anthony's players he brought in Steve and then Anthony left Steve, you know, kind of adopted this team and, and came in and kind of that just threw us all off. And, and Steve as well had to kind of just, I mean, obviously we would like to say he had a stacked roster to work with. Um, but it was just, you know, a time where we were all kind of expecting to play for Anthony and then um, kind of got thrown a curveball, And so kind of alongside the, the staff, the coaching staff, we all had to really come together and, and uh, you know, solve problems and, and that's really what drew drew us close, I think. Yeah. And then, obviously, with the situation with COVID, like think about how hard that is to like bond with new teammates when you're technically, you know, we were yeah, we weren't supposed to be together and not supposed to be together you know, for a while when we were training. We weren't we weren't even training in bigger groups than four, and then you know, then it was like eight and ten, and you know, we weren't even we didn't have access to the locker room for a while, and and that's where you you know get a lot of the the good stuff going like the good banter and all that stuff. So it was tough and it was weird. Like how weird was the break? How weird was it having that in your like what eighth year? Yeah. So eighth I mean, season in the I'm USL, a guy who's like pretty optimistic guy. And so when it happened, it was just like, all right, this is like just, this is reality. And like, I felt really, really bad for a lot of the guys, you know, that live by themselves, especially because it's just a tough time. And it can be so lonely when, you know, when, when you're a single guy, cause all of us love football when you're a single guy and that's all you really care about. Like, and when that's taken away from you, it's, it's like, you're questioning your identity and your purpose and it can be really, really, really tough. And so, uh, fortunately, you know, I have a family who I was really just relishing in the extra time that I got to spend with them and the weather was beautiful. It was, you know, it wasn't quite hot yet. And, uh, you know, I was outside for hours and hours and hours each day and, and just enjoying my, my family. It was, you know, it was a really special time to be able to have my wife and I spend so much time with our oldest boy before, um, his brother was born in July and we wouldn't have gotten that time. It was kind of special at the same yeah, time. Like it was as definitely it was a disappointment. Like a disappointment. Like, like I said, I had a distraction and distraction is probably not the right word. I had another um, job to do as being a father and a husband. And so it was, it was actually when, when I faced the reality of what, what the, uh, the situation was, it was easy for me to wake up every day and just enjoy the time that I know in my life I will never get again because, you know, you'd be busy with soccer or busy with whatever post career looks like, you know? Like I'm never going to get that that much quality time with yeah. my family again. And I, I think a lot of people are in a similar situation awesome. where they kind of found themselves with nothing to do but to reconnect. So mm -hmm. I get that you felt for your teammates because a lot of them were kind of taken out of a position they couldn't necessarily do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're, that was kind of one piece of your time with St. Louis FC. Is there any other piece that you remember that you think you'll carry on and remember most about your three seasons here? 
um, within St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like every year had its, it's kind of like moment or moments. I, I know. So my first year, I, I joined the team like three weeks late and it was like right after I'd had my, my first son and he was sick in the hospital in the ICU and, and I, I was having a hard time finding a team at the time. And so it was a really, really emotional time for me. And then for whatever reason, the closest team besides Sporting Kansas City called me up, St. Louis, and wanted to sign me for two years. And I was like, what? Like, what did I do to deserve this? Like, <laughs> I was at kind of an all-time low. And then, you know, didn't know that the team right next door was going to be um, – be calling and so that first year was really special for me because I I had quite a chip on my shoulder because you know a lot of teams were passing on me and that was really really frustrating because I felt like I had proven myself at the USL level and then I got signed with the first team in Vancouver and then you know and then I got released and then like I said like I it was a really really tough time because you know no like virtually no USL team would bite on me and it was just like really, really depressing. And then I go to St. Louis, I have a chip on my shoulder. Um, I'm super close to my family here in Kansas city and they were able to come to like 50% of the games. And then I, for sure, like you definitely proved yourself. Yeah. And you got so like 13 goals that first yeah, season, like that, that whole year in itself was just like really, really special for me because I, I had a rough off season. I had a, a newborn. Um, but then I had a chip on my shoulder. We had made the playoffs for the first time in club history and my family got to witness it. Whereas previous years I was in, you know, Vancouver the past two years and, and then Oklahoma city was five and a half hours, but uh, that was doable. And then before that I was in on the East coast. And so being able to kind of share that with um, my family and my, obviously my wife and my son and having, I guess my best regular season performance in St. Louis history, or sorry, my personal history. And then my, uh, we made the playoffs. And so that was pretty awesome. And then the second year, um, it was pretty special as well, obviously like with the, the open cup run and, and that was like extremely memorable. And then this past year was just like such a weird year that, um, it's a year I definitely won't forget. It was a shortened season. You know, we had a lot of breaks for me. I had like three preseasons. I had the actual preseason. Then we played our first game and then it got shut down. So then I was like training for, you know, whatever it was, two and a half, three months for another preseason, you know, coming back to this return to the play protocol, start our game. I'm I'm headed to the game um, or we're all, my wife's like two weeks from the due date of our second boy. And so the club rented me a car to follow the bus to Indy for that first game back. Um, just in case, you know, like my wife were to go into early labor. And so I, I had this car and then we, we, um, you know, we woke up the morning of the game against Indy and one of the guys on the team had a, you know, all of the COVID symptoms and I'm just freaking out. Like if not, not freaking out because I was afraid of getting sick, but more freaking out is if I contracted the virus, I would not be able to be in with my wife in labor, you know? And so I left, I like just before the game, it was like, it was like noon. And I just like, look, I said, look, like, I can't, I can't risk. I can't, I have to know if I'm sick. And so I immediately, luckily I had a car. I really, I just got in the car, drove back to St. Louis, went and got a rapid or a 
uh, not a rapid test, but got a, a test right away and then waited and got the test results the next day. Fortunately, it was negative. And then I just made the tough decision to, to sit out for the next, like until we had the baby. So it was like two and a half weeks or so. I, I missed three games. Um, and so then during that time, I went back to, you know, training by myself, like at a nearby high school. Um, Cause that was like the only way that, right. I had to separate myself. It's got to be hard to keep that so I could guarantee that I wasn't going to get sick, you know? And so then I, you know, it was just such a weird yeah. year, but then like we talked about earlier, being able to come together with the guys and really, really, um, cause Steve was just, a, he was much different than Anthony. He was more old school and we, you know, we didn't do as much like tactical preparation on the teams and things like that. And so a lot of the guys, um, you know, we, we really had some in-depth discussions on how we wanted to, to, you know, have the best chance to, like to you, be, took, you took that upon yourselves more kind of. Yeah. Like we yeah. put, we, you know, we had a veteran group that, you know, took the weight on our shoulders and, you know, brought the rest of the guys around us, um, kind of on the same page. And, and I think it definitely brought us super close together. And if we, if we wouldn't have done that, I think in the games that, for instance, the India away game where we had two red cards, like mm-hmm. we wouldn't have been able to get through that, you know? So those, those moments this season were like pivotal in our, our, our growth, I think. I think it also just showed how much the younger players had to rely on the veteran players and how like respectful and kind and caring our veteran players like you and Sam and them were taking them under your wing. You could just really tell that in our play, our playing style, the yeah. mentality of how you guys were able to come back late in games. No, was really something not. special. Yeah. You don't see that. You can that just tell teams. from the outside looking in when you watch a team play that they don't have proper leadership, you know. I was watching I was watching Remember the Titans earlier today and, and yeah. you know, attitude reflects leadership, so <laughs> that's a good, good movie. Well, we have a few questions from some yeah, no uh, fans that we were going to ask you, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, Will, um, I'll let you take that. So this one from the Yank 48 on, uh, on Twitter asked, if you were disappointed that your uh, Luligan chant, Kyle Greg is on fire, didn't, didn't catch on kind of like they um, may have hoped. Yes, but no. Um, so the the origin of the so i'll educate you a little bit that chant is actually not oh. not the way you sang it it is it is um after the northern ireland guy will griggs will Grigg, yeah yeah like will griggs mm-hmm. on fire your defense is terrified um so i i was smashing it up in vancouver with the second team and and that's what I went up there to do. I stepped out of my comfort zone, was an older player. I wanted to go get myself in front of an MLS team. So I played with their second team and I was smashing it. And they brought, like, you can get loaned up to the MLS team for four games throughout the season. And so I was smashing it in the USL. And then I got called up to play in front of the 25,000. Um, I got played against Crystal Palace in a friendly. And uh, when I got subbed on, in that game, Ooh. the supporter section in Vancouver, like that was right when the Will Griggs thing was happened for the first time. Mm-hmm. And they just like the whole stadium started chanting it. And it was just like the most unbelievable feeling, you know, 
to hear that. And then, so, I mean, obviously like that had happened, then I got released and then I came to St. Louis and then somebody, you know, this fan brought it to my attention. Like they, I'm I'm sure it wasn't because of that, but we had discussion uh, one time and said, Oh yeah, Vancouver used to do that for me. And so anyway, I'm not that disappointed that St. Louis didn't catch on, but just because it wouldn't have been able to replace like the, the first feeling that it had when I, when I heard that in, in Vancouver. That's yeah, that's a golden moment. Yeah. yeah. It's a Vancouver memory. Yeah. Yeah. It can't be replaced. So I'm not that disappointed, Louis, I guess. <laughs> would be my answer. That's we the short that. answer. Then we also had right, Jesse well, Daniels ahead, ask uh, if you have your bobblehead proudly displayed. Um, yeah. Let's see. My personal bobblehead is, is yeah. packed up currently still in storage, but um, it's funny. All my family members, like, I went to the front office and I was like, look, I, I need like all the bobbleheads you can get. So I got a lot of people <laughs> asking me. And so, you know, I think I ended up having like 30 or 35 or something like that. And so pretty much every, because like, my, my wife and my, my oh, family wow. is both in, in Kansas city and on the Kansas side and um, pretty much every house I go to with my family members, it's displayed, <laughs> displayed yeah. somewhere. But here's the sad part. They knew what they were getting for Christmas, right? We've given some people... I've got 11 nieces and nephews. So we've given a lot to, you know, my brothers and sister-in-law because um, I've been been decapitated and I've lost limbs. (laughs) And and ironically (laughs) enough, I don't know if you remember when I got knocked out last year against... uh, yeah. against Pittsburgh it was like around that time my I head do. had gotten knocked off my bobblehead and it was like so you were handing out your own voodoo dolls pretty much yeah <laughs> wow but none of the other none oh, of the other uh, bobblehead <laughs> injuries have have come true yet so yeah. yeah if you've got if you've got one just be gentle well, we'll keep our fingers crossed for that <laughs> I do have one somewhere. <laughs> I wish I had one. All right. Oh. We, we've taken up a, a bit of your oh, time. Well, if we could just get one. a couple rapid fire questions going. Sure. Uh, okay. Um, so did you have a go-to activity during the pause in the season? Yes. I, I got into mountain biking, actually. I was oh, doing okay. Castlewood. I live, I live like a couple miles from Castlewood, so I'd awesome. bike from my house to Castlewood and do some mountain biking. That, I'm glad I'm telling, I'm, I wouldn't necessarily openly uh, admit that, um, during the season because it's probably a breach of contract, but, mm. <laughs> but, uh, now I can, <laughs> no, you can let it fly now. You can let it fly. Well, we'll keep your secret on the pod. <laughs> uh, who was um, your toughest teammate to match probably up Probably Sam or training? Fan. Um, yeah, Fan, Fan's just a beast and, you know, super physical, okay, but it was sense. good to battle with him. And then Sam is like my best friend. And he always had this thing like where if I was making a run into the box to like get on the end of a cross, he would always like hit me, like, like smash me, like when I'm looking <laughs> at the ball. And that was like a, uh, always like a joke of ours. It was like, I, I always knew it was coming. So as you know, the years went on, I, I learned how to like absorb that hit and like, <laughs> and kind of use it, right. Would, use it to project me. I would do the opposite. I would start to better. flinch more <laughs> knowing that it was coming. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you guys are both like workhorse types of players too, so yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right, when when you finally hang up the boots, whenever that distant day is, how many goals does Kyle Gregg finish with? That's a good question. Um, do you do you know what number you're at right now? I think 
It's like yeah, it's like fifty six or fifty seven. I don't even know because the USA is dumb and they don't count playoff goals. Oh, we count them. So, well, what? Okay, well, actually, well, then we can. Well, count we count. Open them, Cup, so we're going and then we'll count. Um, we'll count uh, Canadian Championship as well, which is like their version of Open Cup. So I think I'm. I think I'm above sixty mm. with that. So let's see. I'm hanging up the boots. Oh, that would be lovely okay. if I was at like eighty. Or 85 as far as like <laughs> the different career accolades we were talking about the bobblehead a little bit where's that rank that was pretty awesome because i had to like do some serious like kind of like photo taking and then they were sending it to this company and and all that stuff that was i mean that was probably like just outside top five maybe like six <laughs> As far as like not like an individual goal or something like that, like okay. as far as like moment or like memory that just because it's a physical item you can pick up, it's probably at number six or something. Uh, all right. So what's the number one accolade? Uh, honestly, let's see. I think my number one, I, like I think it's I think it's the story of it's. I think it's just my story. Long long. Sorry, I'll, I know this is rapid fire, but my my quick story is the fact that I was pretty much an unrecruited college guy who went to a small NAI school just to try it out and see if you know I want, didn't want to because I wanted to go to just Kansas, like the University of Kansas. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to give it one more shot. I'm going to play at a small NAI school. Fell back in love with the game, and then I you know, started in the USL and then put myself, made the decision to go to Vancouver and I ended up earning an MLS contract. And again, it's not like I'm um, a guy who, you know, is playing in the MLS still, but, but the fact that that, that story of just, you know, especially the, the road less traveled and, and just kind of always being overlooked. Um, that's my number one for sure. Do you model your game after anyone? I, I don't. Um, the only person that I can think of was like my coach, Rob Herringer, Benedict. And always used to, when I was a freshman, he used to call me Adebayor. <laughs> and so like, that's always been my joke. And then I had another friend, a Brazilian friend, call me Pato. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that I model my game after anybody, but oh. some people have said that. And I, I'm, I've evolved a lot since then, but. Not bad comparisons to have though, right? Yeah. We've got to ask him his favorite wow. place to eat mm. in St. Louis. You know, so when you have a family and you have to worry about your child and them eating, um, and then when you live in like that's true. When you live in Ball, yeah. When you live in Baldwin, where like Baldwin, where there's no food options. So I'll, I'll give you this: we uh, we lived right off of Big Bend in um, like 141 Twin Oaks area of, of Baldwin. And uh, there was a, a little kind of, not hole in the wall, but a little okay, family-owned yeah. Mexican restaurant um, called, uh, I'm, I'm like removed from St. Louis now, I can't even think of it. Oh, El Nepal. There was one time we went there three times in a week. <laughs> Great place. It was like Sunday, <laughs> Wednesday, Sunday, and then like I looked back oh. and I was like, we seriously just went there three days. And like it, it wasn't like the food was insane. Like they had some good just dishes, but it was just like the service was super good. 
it's so close. It, it's so it was so close, and like my They're son, kind. it's never like, super busy. Like you know, the same dish as my wife, so they share, and that was kind of our thing. We get some margaritas, and so that was that, that's probably what I would say. Like that was our spot. I'm not we're we're not like foodies great... really by any means, but okay, that was definitely the place that we you know swiped our card the most. Well, that's that's the perfect answer from the consummate family man. So exactly. that makes sense. We forgot uh, to ask what so, his superstition before the game um, was. I mean, I do, and I, I feel like he I might. Don't, have I'm a not. Good I'm not superstitious. Time. I'm a little stitious. <laughs> but um, thanks for the giggle there. <laughs> but I would say, like, um, I always would walk on the field for warm up, and I would lift my hands up and pray, and then after warm up, if my wife. And kids were, or and kid or kids were, were right there. I'd always go give them a kiss before I walked in, and then usually give them a little "I love you" wave as well. It was more like I wanted to make sure my family knew I loved them, and and uh, and yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like oh I have to do this. Um, so that's you, right? that's more of a ritual than a superstition, right? right? Yeah, Which yeah, yeah. is a good thing. Just get yeah. right. Exactly. Get yourself yeah, pumped that's, up that's a little bit. You know, about. See what matters to you. So and you I just wanted, I just wanted my family to be, be able to enjoy I get it. it. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. I mean, those. <laughs> there's not a lot of kids who get to see their dads do that. Yeah. Right, and yeah. you can't do that at the MLS level because, like, you're probably up in the fan. Like, they were up in the family suite, you know. Right. But like, you're so far away, yeah. and like, if you wave, you can barely see him. <laughs> and that's part of the magic of the USL. Like, yeah. The, I mean, that's where they earn their fans. Is like that close up experience uh mm-hmm. that's what earned you a whole lot of fans that are going to continue to follow you so uh we hope to hear some some news out of your camp soon and hope that mm-hmm. things line up just right for you yeah, but yeah. we really appreciate you kind of giving us this this chance to get to know you better as as you take that next step in your career so thank you so much yeah i appreciate it guys yeah it was good talking to you uh thanks for having me on yes for thank sure. you